1: And people tell me all the time or they ask me all the time like what if I sit in that pain? What if I experience it? What if I invite God into it and meditate on it and he doesn't show up?
2: Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. And around here, we know that life is hard and we got to do everything we can to just make it a little bit more lovely. So it's my mission to bring you great conversations, practical tools and information, and a healthy dose of community to help make those things happen. If you want to find out more, you can go to our website at cultivatingthelovely.com, visit our amazing membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, or by connecting with me on Instagram, which is one of my favorite places to interact with all of you. You can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. Thanks so much for joining me today. Okay, ladies. So we're kind of unintentionally in a little bit of a heavier couple of weeks here on the podcast. But I think... Hopefully, they're heavy, but also have a huge dose of encouragement and hope with them. Last week, we had on Rebecca Bender and her amazing, crazy story about being trafficked and all of that. If you haven't listened to it yet, you should definitely go back and listen to last week's episode. We talk about her amazing new book, In Pursuit of Love. It actually comes out this week, so be sure that you are getting your copy of Rebecca's book if you haven't gotten it already. But this week, it is actually today, my brother's birthday. So it would have been his 34th birthday if he hadn't passed away this past fall. And I have really wanted to have Seth Haynes on the show since I heard about his new book coming out. I heard about it last August, and we talk about that a little bit in this episode. And it turns out it was really the perfect book for me to read in January. Also, I thought it would do a good job of paying tribute to my brother because Seth talks a lot about addiction and coming out of addiction and how to deal with all of that. And this book is about waking up to our life, whatever kinds of addictions we may be facing, even if they're smaller things that we don't really put the language of addiction to, the things that kind of cause us to numb out from our lives. And it's been a big topic in Patreon this January is a lot of us moms were kind of feeling that need to wake back up to our lives. And it's even women who aren't dealing with, you know, divorces and deaths of family members and all that kind of thing. I think a lot of us just kind of get in that place where we kind of numb out and distract ourselves. And I was so excited to be able to have this conversation with Seth about these topics and what it means to invite God into that space and to help us wake up and that he is the thing that we are waking up to and inviting him into our pain and our difficulty and I hope that you not only enjoy this episode but also are able to just find hope in it and if you're dealing with any sort of pain to realize that God is there in those quiet moments to to come into you and to help you and So I hope that you just really enjoy this episode today. I really enjoyed having this conversation with Seth. It's been really fun to have some guys, more guys on the show this season and kind of get their perspective on some topics. And he was just a joy to talk with. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. But before we get there, I did mention Patreon and all these big things that we've kind of been talking about because there's an amazing community of women over there. And we get together every weekday morning for live. And we talk about everything from heavier topics and motivating ourselves to, you know, be doing stuff in our lives and cultivating loveliness and enjoying our lives to goofy stuff like, hey, this is my favorite new pen that I just found. So I just want to really encourage you guys, if you need both like the lighthearted mixed with the motivation and the community, like we want you to join us over there. It is such an amazing community of women. So come over to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely we want you to hang out with us. It's such a great group. Come and join us. You're so welcome. And it's, you know, for $3 a month, you can have a dose of me every morning. Like, who doesn't want that? So come and join us at patreon.com slash cultivatinglovely. All right. But without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Seth. And hey, happy birthday, brev. Welcome, Seth.
1: So glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
2: I am so excited to have you. It's been a process, like trying for us to connect and mismanage text messages. And <laughs> like, I, yes. I almost changed it last minute because I was trying to text somebody else. And so I'm really glad we ended up in the same place at the same time.
1: Yeah. And it yeah. should be stated for the listeners that really it was my fault, not oh, yours. Oh, no, no no, uh, no, no, no. I own it all. I own no, it all. No,
2: no, no. I, I am just happy. You know, these things happen all the time. I'm just happy mm. that we're both here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's
2: well, change it last second. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I'm glad to be here. It's awesome. It's awesome to be here.
2: Well, would you like to introduce yourself to my listeners?
1: Yeah, so my name is Seth Haynes. I am a, a writer, an attorney, um, and a consultant. Um, That's it, a lot of hats. People yeah. have been asking me lately, you know, what do you do? And it's Kind of hard to answer anymore, but yeah, um, those are the three primary hats I wear. In addition, I'm I'm married to uh, Amber, my wife of 20 years. We wow. still like each other, which is really good. Yeah, we have four boys because we kept thinking surely the next one will be a girl. <laughs> um, and we have two dogs. So that's kind of me in the nutshell. We we live in uh, the Ozarks in Fayetteville, Arkansas.
2: Oh, awesome! I've never been here. I was there a year and a half ago. What? I know. I can actually say I've been to the Ozarks.
1: It's pretty amazing, isn't it? it?
2: It really was. It was incredibly windy driving. I will say yep. that. I made my best friend pull over. I was like, I'm taking over. I can't even handle this. But yep. other than that, it was beautiful. We hit up Branson. We went to Silver Dollar City. It was super fun.
1: Yeah, it's an awesome little place. I I love living here. We've lived here um you know 20 uh, 20 years wow. and uh, it feels like home it is home That's awesome
2: Okay so Zondervan I'm loving Zondervan because they are really on the game with the podcasting thing and they have been sending out all of us podcasters lists of the books that are coming out it's like brilliant nobody else does this so we know well in advance like what books are are on the docket so i think i heard about your book in like August, probably. And I said, hmm, that sounds really interesting. And I'd actually, I think it was around the time I took my brother to rehab. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this sounds like a really good book, not just for that whole situation, but also like life for me had been so hard for so long. And I knew I was heading into a difficult season with my divorce trial and everything. And I knew coming up in January was going to be like, okay, I'm ready to kind of like wake back up to life again. Mm. Mm. And then here comes your book, The Book of Waking Up. I was like, well, that's perfect. January We'll do that. And then like a whole bunch more stuff happened between August and now.
1: Life. Life happens, doesn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And sometimes it comes in really large quantities. And so, you know, my brother came home from rehab, died of alcoholism. All of that happened. The divorce trial happened. And now here we are in January. And I actually, the day that this podcast is going to come out is my brother's birthday and I thought you know what a way to honor him and to even talk about waking up from whatever it is you're going through in your life than to have you on on his birthday and and kind of get to the nitty-gritty of all that so here we are
1: well that is an honor and a privilege and I'm so sorry for your loss it's it is it's it's terrible. So the fact that you'd include me on his birthday is a big deal. Um, and yeah, I, I think this is, you know, that, that what you've described, what you've gone through, what your family has no doubt gone through. I mean, this is the very thing that we're, we're hoping to, um, talk about, to address and to kind of get ahead of. So, yeah. um, we can all sort of, you know, find that, that peace, that inner sobriety that, that snaps us awake, you know, that brings us back to, to waking.
2: Yeah and i think that's a really important thing that i want to emphasize really early in this episode is this book you know you you talk about addiction obviously but it's so much bigger than like oh i'm struggling with alcoholism or some other like major addiction that we know about anybody can find themselves in a place of just kind of trying to numb out of life and distract themselves from how hard things whatever it is. And so just because you're not like suffering from some major addiction doesn't mean that this episode or this book just, it's not that it's not for you. I want to make sure that people realize that going in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think as I tried to craft this book, you know, with my own personal journey, it was a journey with alcohol. Yeah. And with sort of understanding and coming um, to the truth, the fact that, I, you know, I had a problem at one mm-hmm. point in my life with the bottle. But um, after I sort of, you know, came clean, um, which is a little bit of a play on my first book, which is called yeah. Coming <laughs> yeah. Clean. After I sort of came clean, um, and I started writing about it, and I started traveling and talking to people, but I realized um, was that we all really are drunk on something? We are all really addicted to something. And in fact, like I still have vices and coping mechanisms mm-hmm. and bad habits in my own life. You know, we yeah. we constantly struggle to not attach um, ourselves to to things like the bottle or things like money or work or sex or whatever the thing is, yeah. food,
2: social um, media. And,
1: yeah social yeah. media instead you know we we have a hard time not attaching to those things and instead turning to God it's just part of the human experience
2: yeah yeah and i thought one thing that really stood out to me and it was a little bit farther into your book but you talk about not all painkillers are bad but it's when they become the sole solution for our pain that they become a problem so is it are they an addiction or a medication yeah. and I think that's a really important distinction to make because even this past fall when I was going through like so much intensity with my life Mm -hmm. there was a certain part of like it felt like too much so I would you know watch really dumb tv shows or whatever just like to distract myself from like how heavy everything felt but then I knew like okay I have to wake up from this. Like I can't stay here.
1: Yeah. 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 And I think that's a good point. I think, you know, people ask me all the time, well, is it bad to have a weekend where you binge watch Netflix? You know, uh, no, that's not the point. You know, is it, is it bad um, that from time to time you, you feel anxiety and you have a glass of wine? No, that's not the point. That's not the point I'm trying to make in this book. Yeah. Um, Is it bad that you have back pain and so you take painkillers. No, that's not the point. Um, And in fact, you know, every created thing on Netflix, I I realize is a little bit of an outlier in
0: our our
1: conversation, but every created thing, all the good things, you know, wine, bread, food, um, sex, uh, even, you know, the ways we use money. These are, you know, these are gifts from God. These are things that, that have been given to us to use to enjoy him to enjoy life. Um, he wasn't surprised that we would from time to time drink an extra glass of wine. You know, this is not a, a shock to him. But but like you said, it's when we um, sort of misuse those things, misapply those things. It's when, you know, the three glasses of wine becomes four and it becomes a, every night to take yeah. the edge off. You know, it's yeah. when you stop using the painkillers for the surgery and you continue to use them when there is in fact no continuing pain. It's when you turn to food every time a stress arises, instead of having just like an extra piece of pie at Thanksgiving, right? Like yeah. the, this is um, the, how we misuse the stuff of earth, the things that have been created for our good to mm-hmm. show us the goodness of God. That, that's when it becomes a problem.
2: Yeah. And I think it's, it's just so important to see that we can all, you, you even have this great quote in your book. Um, I think you said, we've all found ourselves asleep at some point and will likely feel the tug of that slumber again. Like we all go through this to some extent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I still go through it. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I don't, again, I don't turn to whiskey or gin at the end of any stressful day or any given night. But I'll tell you what I, what I am prone to do, and it's kind of ridiculous. I am um, very prone to uh, turn to Amazon and find mm. some book that I think will answer the stress, the given stress of my moment yeah, and buy it. Even if I know that there's no possible way I can read it in the next, you know, six weeks, eight weeks, four months,
2: I'll still buy
1: it, you know? Um, And so for me, I mean, there are still substitutionary addictions. And for a while, that kind of takes the edge off. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a a good little rush. I get a good little rush out of it. Um, But if I continue to do that instead of at the end of a stressful day saying, okay, now I'm actually going to turn to... Um, turn to God and ask him to be with me in the stress, mm-hmm. to be with me in the pain of the moment, um, if I continue to to, to misapply shopping, um, then I actually miss the goodness of God in the land of the living because he wants to be with us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Ladies, I have a fun new sponsor to talk about on the podcast today, and it is Wickbox. Wickbox is the first luxury candle subscription box curated to match your scent preferences. After checkout, they have you fill out a scent profile so they can hand pick your candle to match your scent preferences each month. Every month, they feature a different, beautiful, on-trend candle container that complements the current season, so it's an easy way to update your decor and make your home feel cozy and welcoming. Plus, their candles are super high quality, have really long burn times, and the container can be reused as a vase or pretty storage jar after you finish burning your candle. I was so blown away by the quality of the candle that I received. The container was absolutely Beautiful. It was a glass that had this metallic finish. It had a really cool lid that could be slipped underneath the bottom to kind of act as a tray for the candle to sit on, but then could be closed as well. And it smelled amazing and it was the perfect christmas wintry kind of candle that i would want to complement the hygge feeling that i was going for in my house i was blown away by just how perfectly the candle was picked and how much i loved the scent a wick box subscription is also a great reminder for you to take some time out for yourself to relax and recharge in every box they send out an easy self-care challenge that you can do while burning your candle to help you cultivate the lovely in your life you know i love that Wickbox is a woman-owned business that believes in treating yourself and letting your light shine. As Oprah says, you have more to give when your own tank is full, so their hope for you is to make self-care a priority so you can feel your best to let your light shine for those around you. And you guys, Wickbox has an amazing offer for my listeners. They're giving you $10 off your first box. To get your $10 off your first box, go to wickbox.co and use coupon code LOVELY at checkout. That's www.wickbox.co and use the coupon code LOVELY. It's a super fun subscription that makes your home a little bit more lovely and I think you're going to love it as much as I do. You have another great, I actually, I wrote down more quotes from your book than I normally do, but kind of about that, you said, dream drifting and coping mechanisms keeps us from experiencing the non-anxious love of God. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. Like when we're really willing to sit with him in his love, it's not that an anxiety producing, like the coping mechanisms just kind of keep it a bit. They kind of like stuff it under the surface. But when yeah. we can just sit with God and really know that we are loved, it is a totally different experience.
1: Yeah, everything changes. And, you know, there were times when I stopped drinking where at the end of the night I would be so wrecked because, you know, this thing that I've used for so long mm-hmm. um, is now not available to me you know, yeah. I had to stop drinking altogether. And so as a result, the end of a stressful day, when the pain come comes calling, and I, you know, I had a very acute pain at that time, it was the yeah. sickness of a son that I thought was, was going to pass, I thought we were going to lose him. And, mm-hmm. and so there was a very acute pain for me. Yeah. Um, But at the end of the night, I would turn to that bottle, well, when I no longer did that, I would have to sit, and sort of invite God to come in and, and, yeah. um, and really just sit in the pain, feel the pain, hold the pain, bring it to him and really meditate. And, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a reason why um, that people of many faith traditions use and turn to meditation in times of stress. I mean, it was a, a gift given to us um, to help calm us, to help yeah. bring us into like this centered place. And in the Christian tradition, we know that in that centered place, we find the divine love of God.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you talk about that in your book. It's not just waking up from something. It's waking up Mm -hmm. to something, to that divine love. And I know for me personally, through the past couple of years, it's, I mean, it's a difficult situation that I went through because I had to do the leaving and I had to face, you know, the criticism from the church about that and, you know, like all, all of that wrestling that I had to go through because of that. And there was a lot of like, okay, God, like, why aren't you just like rescuing us? From yeah. this now? And why aren't you making yeah. this okay? And this is drug on for so long. I mean, I waited so long before I left and then it's been such a long process coming out of it. And for anybody who's listening, my divorce is supposed to end in two days. <laughs> like, finally.
1: <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs>
2: Thank you. I know. I'm like, we need to have like people standing with balloons on the courtroom steps. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a big deal. But I, you know, I went through all of that. I went through all of that this fall and there was this knowing that like I was stuffing it down, but I knew I had this like week over Christmas break where my kids weren't going to be with me. And I knew I was going to have to do a lot of that, like, okay, actually dealing with the emotion, actually mm. feeling the pain that I had been like, okay, like can't deal with that right now. It's just like when yeah. my brother died my parents needed me to step up and carry them you know like i'm the one Mm -hmm. who had to call the coroner and have his body released to the cremation Mm. service you know like they literally couldn't do it Mm. and i had to do it and so it was like i knew i i had to wait to deal with my feelings until i had time for it and then when i had that week it was like okay You got to, you got to feel the pain and it's only when you're able to really confront that pain and allow yourself to feel it that you can then feel God like coming alongside you in it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And people tell me all the time or they ask me all the time, like, what if I sit in that pain? What if I experience it? What if I invite God into it and meditate on it and he doesn't show up? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, let me ask you, I mean, did he show up in that moment for you?
2: And not in the way you, not in some flashy way, you know, right. and yep. it, it was the, that like still small yeah. voice. It was that calming piece of, okay, it's, it's going to be okay. I'm going to do a new thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I think people think that it's going to be. And maybe I did, too. I don't really know. Maybe I thought it was going to be some huge, massive, like, tour de force where God shows up and sort of takes my breath and lays me out and says, now we're going to go, you know, picks me up and says, now we're going to go fight the fight or whatever. Um, But it wasn't like that for me either. I mean, it was this very quiet, uh, simple. Uh, you know, way of peace. And um, I tell people all the time, like, just trust it, just believe that it'll happen, that it's good enough, um, and that it'll happen for you. And, and I've just seen over and over again, um, how true it is that like, when we trust uh, the fact that he will show up, uh, he does. Yeah. And it's amazing.
2: Well, and for me, I think it was a lot of, like, I believe, but help my unbelief (laughs) Mm -hmm. there is that piece of me that I feel like you haven't shown up in the past two years where I thought you were going to do something big and you didn't and it was like when I finally was able to sit in that space and that Mm pain that it was like he was saying all right are you ready now (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. are you ready
2: for me to be here with you now and there it, it it's still hard, but I felt like God was telling me like are you going to believe I'm big enough to take care of every little detail even if it doesn't look the way that you want it to look. Yeah. And just yeah. like it's that constant daily coming back to that like oh yeah, that's that's what I felt like you were telling me. You know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. and that, I mean to me I think I mean that's I think we could all like go after want, crave, say that we want sort of the big mm-hmm. Huge experience, but I mean, in 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 my life, most big huge experiences give way to a real letdown. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, know you get this immense high, and then when it's all over, um, you're left what? You're left feeling like, oh man, that that huge experience was awesome, but now what? Yeah. Um, so f- for me, I mean, that that's the thing that I really do want to pursue and want to look for is the smaller, the quieter, um, sort of that peace that comes over time in a quieter and smaller yeah. way and that just kind of helps me take the next step forward instead of making me feel like I'm amped to go like climb Everest or something, you know? Yeah. Um and so that's the kind of peace that I experience when I've experienced this transition into the divine love. And it's really what I want to experience for the rest of my life and it's what I want to share
0: with others.
2: Yeah. It kind of reminds me, like, I remember in, like, high school, junior high, when you'd go to, like, camp, church camp, and you're on that total high of, this is amazing, and I feel God, and it's, like, you know, so cool, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's when you get home, and you're, like, well, I don't feel that, like, big, happy, exciting thing anymore. What is it really really like doing daily life with God? Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to come to that place where you can be there.
1: Yeah. And that's the trick. I think that's the trick of of any good work of waking is to get to the place where you don't need the bonfire experience anymore. Yeah. You just need like the quiet whisper.
2: Yeah. And there was another quote in your book. I think it was from your friend, John, and he was talking about his thoughts on pain and he said, um, isn't emotional pain a gift too? Because you were talking about like physical pain. And he said, yeah. isn't it a sign that we need treatment? Isn't it a signaler, an opportunity to invite the great God of healing and comfort to be with us? I thought that was such a profound way to look at emotional pain.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if there's one thing that I've been blessed with, it's a bunch of good mentors, um, yeah. accidental mentors sometimes. I write about a lot of them in the book. Um, yeah. you know, there's there's that great moment where a dear friend of mine who lives out in Colorado kind of says, you know, if if you're if your nerves are frayed at the end of a day and all of a sudden you can't drink and um you just feel barely sober, you feel sober ish. Um, you know, this is just the way of being human. There's that, that moment. Um, there's another moment where my friend, John Ray, a different, uh, John, actually, these are all three Johns, no which gosh. is really bizarre <laughs> is John blaze, John Ray and John Payne? Um, <laughs> but funny. John Ray says to me, um, you know, we don't quantify, uh, you know, different kinds of pains, so like the pain that I had of a sick child versus mm-hmm. the pain that he had of losing a child. Like pain is pain. Yeah. We all experience emotional pain. And then the beauty of uh, what John Payne, the the gentleman that you referenced, he's been struggling with ALS for 17 years. He's been alive in a wheelchair with ALS, like a two-year killer. That's what ALS is, right? And he's lived with it all these years. And he says, you know, the good news about pain is that it shows us where we need treatment. You know, he's, he's, wheelchair bound and Mm -hmm. he can't um, move his legs. He can't move himself. He has to have 24 hour around the clock care to move him so that he doesn't get a bed sore because if he gets a bed sore, he can get an infection. And if he gets an infection within seven days, he can be gone. And so he knows you've got to be vigilant against these bed sores. Well, how does he know when his skin is getting too thin? How does he know when he's rubbing raw? He, he knows because he experiences pain and yeah. it's that pain that says it's time to get treatment. It's time to move. It's time to do something yeah. different. And in the same way he, he shares that emotional pain is the same way it's yeah. it's emo- emotional pain says like you need treatment. There's an area in your life that is broken and that needs to be tended to. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and, and that's the purpose of pain it's to yeah. it's to wake us up to be a signal fire to say wake up wake up wake up
2: yeah and if you dim that then you don't ever deal with it and i mean coming back to my brother again he actually had spina bifida and so mm. he had dealt with a lot of you know surgeries and all kinds of things over the years and had very little feeling from the waist down and yeah. he at one point was in a body cast and had been in it for weeks, and my parents tried to be really vigilant about turning him in the cast and all that. But one day, my mom kind of like wiped her hand under the cast to clean him and realized, Oh my gosh, he had bed sores! and mm. he had no idea because he yep. couldn't feel the pain. And yeah. then I think it was kind of the same thing for him as he just got used to numbing out the pain instead yeah. of dealing with it. And yep. then, and then you don't ever deal with it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it leads to your death. I mean, that what's, what's so uh, true in the physical world, you know, if you, if you don't deal with the the cut arm or the cut leg, um, it, it, it brings you to the place where you can like bleed out or where you can get an infection. And, And we all know the medical realities of those things. Well, it's the same thing in the emotional and the spiritual world. If you have like these deep emotional wounds, or if you have these deep spiritual wounds and you don't pay attention to the pain, you don't tend to the pain. you don't say, "Oh man', that really hurts. I probably need to go get treatment for that." yeah, um, Then you can find yourself in a world of hurt in the same way. And so I tell people all the time, like if you're dealing with deep spiritual wounds and deep emotional wounds, then you know take those to the kind of healer that can help you. You know yeah. if you have deep emotional wounds, yes. Take it to God, sit in the pain, invite him into it, but also take it to a therapist.
2: Yes,, you
1: know, sit with a good therapist and let them help you organize and unpack your emotional wounds. If you have spiritual uh, pain, yes, take it to God, S- ask him to come to you in the pain, ask him to deal with your pain, bring it to him, and experience that little bit of peace, but then also take it to a spiritual director, yes. take it to a priest or a pastor that you trust that 's Not insane, you know, that's not crazy and and, uh, abusive. Um, Take it also to a therapist. Like use the tools that God has given us to really find the kind of healing that is sustained and long term.
2: Ladies, if you're anything like me, then you like a little bit of variety, especially in your workouts. And if that is true for you, then I have the perfect membership for you. It's called ClassPass. ClassPass is an all-access membership to over 30,000 of the best gyms and fitness studios all over the world. You can go where you want, when you want, how you want. ClassPass is everything you need to make working out fun. You can try new workouts and studios without the commitment to a single gym or overpaying for drop-ins. And they've got so many different kinds of things. That's what I really love about it. They've got yoga, strength training, spin, bar, even boxing. ClassPass gives you variety and the accountability you need to attend classes they've got something for everyone near your work near your house class pass is everywhere that is one of the things i was truly impressed about is all of my favorite yoga studios and places that i like to frequent are members with class pass so i could truly go to the places that i really enjoy plus get inspired to try some new places Plus, it was super simple and easy to be able to attend those classes at my favorite studios. And you guys, monthly membership starts at just $15 and you can cancel anytime. So mix it up and find the perfect studio and classes just for you. And ladies, here is an offer that you truly cannot pass up. You can get your first month free at classpass.com slash new years. That's classpass.com slash new years for your first month free classpass.com slash new years. If you're local, let's grab a yoga class together. I love that you bring this up and I know you talk about, you know, how waking to pain requires community in your book too. And I think it's so vitally important that we don't have some sort of stigma around that. And then we realize that we're not supposed to go it alone. (laughs) Like God created us for community. He himself is community. He's a triune God. There are three separate people in God, you know, like I think it's so important from the very beginning of creation, you know, he didn't want Adam to be alone. He saw that it wasn't good. He gave him a helper. It's so important that we not try to just think like, "Oh, I've got this. I've got the Bible. I've got prayer. I can handle this." Like, of course, those are vital vital things, but We are made to be there for each other. We are made to help carry each other's burdens, help each other work through things. And I know I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it weren't for the incredible community of friends who are rooted in the gospel and also counselors. (laughs) Like, all counselors who I have gone to who have helped me walk through the steps of the kinds of recovery that I needed from abuse.
1: Yeah. Yeah and I think this is a really uh important point like no recovery happens alone. Yeah. No recovery from addiction from uh what I call inordinate attachments in the in the book which is it's not what I call it it's what the Jesuits have called it for you know mm-hmm. 500 years uh but uh any bad habits coping mechanisms like we cannot get over these alone we have to have help we have to have a community of people that surround us and we also have to be really careful about what that community looks like yeah you don't owe anyone your pain you don't owe anyone your story and so if there are a group of people in your life who Uh, constantly use you or mistreat you or abuse you. And and for whatever reason, you feel like they're within your community, but you don't have to tell them that you're struggling. Uh, You can find a group of people that you trust, find a good therapist, find a good spiritual director, find a good priest or pastor, um, find a trusted friend and develop this sort of community that says, I'm going to walk into some really hard stuff to get healing. And I'm, I'm hopeful that you'll walk into it with me.
2: Yeah. And I think sometimes those people are revealed through the process. I mean, and, and it can change yeah. over time. I mean, even over the past two years for me, certain friends who were able to be really invested for the first year have had different things going on in their life. And, you know, other people have stepped into those gaps. And I think I hear from a lot of women, particularly, that it's it's so hard to find community. And like, what what do I do? I can't find those people. But I think you really will be surprised how God brings forth the right people at the right time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is just trusting and keeping your ears open. I mean, I think part of the process of, uh, of waking up, of saying like, these are the things that I'm attached to. These are the things I'm using to deal with my pain. Here is the pain. I'm going to go get treatment for that pain. I'm going to bring that pain to God part of that process is the waking up process. And as we become more and more awake, we begin, I I mean, my experience is that we begin to see things in a completely different way. Yeah. You know, we see our friendships in a different way. We see the people around us in a different way. Yeah, Um, You know, people who go through AA and and, uh, NA and SA and, you know, CR, they're all tell you like, Oh, yeah, I thought that joker was my best friend before I went into AA. And then I realized all of a sudden that he's the one that's getting me in trouble in the first place, you know. Um, So relationships look different when your eyes are open and you begin to see the reality of the world around you. You will see new friendships. You will see people who want to come alongside you for the ride if you'll trust the process and be open through it.
2: Yeah, and I think it's so important not like you were saying, not only that God will bring people, but he helps us see who is not healthy for us to yeah. be around, which is just as important to realize. The people yes. that my brother surrounded himself were the reason that he died. Like yeah. literally, he hadn't he had struggled with some other addictions that he went to rehab for, but he hadn't had a drop of alcohol in 7 years mm-hmm. until wow. He met people in rehab mm-hmm. who then got him into that again when he was out of it. And yeah. it's, but he thought he was helping them and that they were healthy friends for him to be around because he was happy again and he had people to talk to. And, and he even said to someone we found out afterward. I I can't, I can't leave him. I I want to go, you know, leave this friend and go back home to my parents, but I can't leave him because if something happens, then I will never, I will never live it down. Yeah. And then it ended up killing him days later. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think so many of us do that with so many uh, things in our life. I mean, it's, it's, that's a good uh, metaphor even for, um, just the ways we, we think we can't leave particular addictions or we can't yeah. leave particular habits behind. We can't fathom our life without them. But at the end of the day, they're not the best for us, you know? And, yeah. and, and I even think about relationally, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you were um, talking a little bit about, about your divorce and yeah. and I know so many who find themselves in that same position where you, you can't imagine your life without a particular person, but yeah. that particular person is innately unhealthy for you, yes. and, um, and and on occasion abusive, and yeah. and are we going to um, do the hard work of leaving the abusive relationship? Um, or are we going to say, Oh no, you know, God's going to make it better. It'll all get better. I just got to do the right thing. I just yeah. got to stick this out. I just got to be graceful. Well, in those situations, I mean, codependency operates just like any other addiction. Yeah. And at some point we have to wake up and say abuse, whether it's by a person or by the alcohol or by the drugs or by the food or by the porn yeah. or by the money, whatever the abusive thing is, I've got to distance myself from it.
2: Yeah. One of the biggest hurdles I think is being willing to look at a different identity for yourself than the one yeah. you've come to know. Yes, I mean, I was this homeschooling, living in the country, full time, stay at home mom. That was my whole world. Yeah, And I had to get to the point where I was willing to say, okay, I'm willing to completely reevaluate Everything in my life, everything I'm doing, what our life is going to look like, what God has for us and really who I am. And it was only when I finally came to that point where I could say, okay, I'm willing to say that being a homeschool mom isn't my whole identity and being this wife isn't my whole identity that I was able to get us into a safer place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that is the process of waking up. It's the process of saying, you know, God created relationships for my good. He created me to be in relationship with him and with others, my children. Um, I know that there's a sacramental reality, meaning God has created this for my good and he wants to give me grace through it. But I know right now that this particular expression is abusive. Yeah, And so it's not sacramental. It's been desacralized. It's been made unsacred. Yeah. And so I'm getting out.
2: Yeah, exactly. And to know that 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 waking up process too, it it's not a like a one time quick thing. <laughs> like waking up is a process, and it yeah, can take some absolutely. time.
1: Absolutely, it always takes time. I mean, I don't yeah. I don't know anyone really who just has that epiphanal moment where all of a sudden you're struggling with something and the next day you're not anymore and everything is great. And, you know, the, the clouds have parted. In fact, I was on a, an interview last week when somebody asked me, so tell me the moment that you snapped out of it and everything was okay. Yeah. And I just started laughing. I didn't even know how to answer it. Yeah. Um, and I started laughing because I, and I said, you know, it just doesn't work that way. That's not how God has designed us. I mean, we we dig pits, we get mired into those pits, into the mud. It's not like we can just automatically climb out of the mud. It it takes a lot of effort to get out of the mud. You know, it takes a lot of grace to get out of the mud, and 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 it takes a lot of time to get out of the mud. And and so, you know, I tell people like if you're struggling with an addiction, an attachment, a coping mechanism, if you're struggling with anything. Um just know it's gonna take some time, it's gonna take some work, it's gonna take some real grace. Yeah. Um, but it's worth it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's kind of another key part about having community around you is because sometimes when you're in that process, because it does take so long, you don't even recognize how far you've come. Until the people who are around you who've kind of witnessed the process from the outside looking in can remind you of that. Yeah. And that's yeah. so helpful.
1: Yeah. You need a mirror to see yourself, right? And the community yeah. is kind of that mirror. Yeah. They, they, they kind of say, hey, look, look, this is who you are now. Yeah. Um, and it's a good feeling when that happens.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um. So, where are you at now in this waking up process? Do you feel like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I keep doing it. I mean, so for me, um, it's six years um, since I've been drunk, which is a good, a good feeling. I I talk a lot about um, in the book. I talk a lot about how the 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 idea here for me, anyway, is not to drink or not to drink. That's not the question I'm asking anymore. I don't equate being sober with you know stopping something for a variety of reasons, including the fact that if you stop one thing as a coping mechanism for your pain and move to another. You know, you're still not, you know, sober in the complete, you know, sort of uh, spiritual sense.
2: Sure.
1: So for me, it's a continual process. I mean, I'm I'm in the process of saying, like, what are the things that I still struggle with? Uh, mm. You know, book buying was the example I gave you. Why? Yeah. Well, for me, there's this underlying pain of scarcity, and it all goes back to my childhood. You know, I was mm. I was told by a faith healer that if I had enough faith, I could um, be finished with asthma. But it didn't oh, wow. work out that way because yeah. it doesn't really work out that way for a lot of yeah. people, for whatever reason. And so my whole life, I've sort of internalized this message that there's never enough. I didn't have enough faith, uh, God didn't love me enough. Um, and, you know as a, as a result of that, there's never enough money, there's never enough time, there's never enough anything. My whole yeah. life is this expression of scarcity. And so even today, I'm sitting around saying, like what are the ways I try to mute that scarcity? With anything, you yeah. know, whether that's a buying stuff, you know, mm-hmm. give me more, give me more, give me more, whether that's trying to acquire more knowledge through books, whether that's trying to be like super liked on Facebook or <laughs> yeah. Twitter or yeah. Instagram or whatever, you know. Um, so for me, it's just this constant um, awareness um, in my own life of where am I asleep. Where am I using things out of order? Where have I, you know, taken the good gifts of God and sort of used them for my own gain? Um, and then, how do I cultivate really intentional practices every day of trying to recenter myself back on the fact that God has given me the good things of earth to enjoy and not to misuse, and they should yeah. only draw me to Him? And yeah. so I pause and say, "Thank you for the good gifts, God. Draw me, yeah. draw me back to you through them."
2: Oh, I love that. That's really good. And having those things that replace, you know, those addictions, I think that's so key. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean
1: I don't I, I we we are creatures of habit. Habit is yeah. not a bad thing, you know. We can be habituated to do anything, right? Yeah. We,
2: yeah.
1: we can we're like uh, Pavlov's dog. We, yeah. we can be habituated to eat when a bell rings. Um just ask any, you know, junior high kid. Yeah. Um but the the truth is like if we're going to continue to walk into this process of being awake to the world around us, to God's divine love in the world around us, then we have to be habituated in other ways. So for me, um, I have very specific habits. So I, mm-hmm. I have a morning ritual, a morning routine that is habituated. Um, it's not super spiritual. It's just what I do to make sure that I'm grounded starting the day. Um, once a week, I have a, a pretty consistent habit of finding my way to a small adoration chapel at a church here and just carving out an hour of silence and solitude and just having like a a one hour personal retreat. Nice. Um, Every day I try to find time to to read the scriptures and to pray. Um, So it's finding ways to like sort of rehabituate ourselves to the things that we know will keep us awake and alive to the love of God.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that was a great transition. Thank you. <laughs> because my next question is, what does a typical day look like for you?
1: Yeah. So for me, I wake up in the morning um, and the first thing I do is I pour a glass of water and I put um, one of those little hydration tablets, you know, those things. Oh, you know? okay. And then hydration tablet or whatever.
2: Yeah. And
1: I let it dissolve and I sit in my um, desk uh, or at my chair, and I pull up my computer and I sip my water while I write whatever it is I'm gonna write for that morning. I write a daily uh, blog, and it's not always as artful as I would like, but it's just to kind of get in the habit of like nailing down some words every day, yeah. just a little bit every day. Yeah. Uh, so I write a daily blog, I keep that up, and, um, and then after that, if there's time, I'll turn um, to my daily readings. If not, um, I'll save that for lunch with my uh, prayer time. Um, but yeah, then I, you know, go get ready for work and then gather up the kids, take them to school, and then make my way to my office. That is the typical day.
2: And what does like after work look like for you? We're always, you know, you're talking to a, a mom here. So I'm always curious about the other side of the coin.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: I get home beat, man. I mean, yeah. it's really unfair too because I get home beat and feel like that should be my time to like unwind. But then, you know, mom's at home with the kids. Uh, yeah, and she, she's beat too. So,
2: yeah.
1: uh, typically, our um, arrangement is that I, I I pretty much do the cooking.
2: Nice.
1: Uh, yeah. And she kind of, which I love cooking. It's, it's a good, um, sort of creative exercise for me. And it kind of gets my mind off things too. Yeah. Um, so I, I do the cooking and she will tool around the house, sometimes sit down, you know, whatever it is that she she's doing in, in that little, uh, space of time. And, and then we eat together as a family and get the kids down.
2: Nice. That sounds like yeah. a good evening. And I commend yeah. you for being that chef. Well,
1: (laughs) I I take issue with chef, but I do like.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, I'll hand it to you because you're doing it. So that's awesome. Okay. What is some way that you are currently cultivating loveliness in your life?
1: I love photography. So, um, I am, I'm really thinking through and considering doing a little sprint project, um, small, like independent published project on silence. Um, yeah, so I guess maybe if my publisher hears that,
0: maybe,
1: <laughs> yeah, that I said independently published. <laughs> but, um, but I just want to do like a really small book of uh, photography and sort of short essays or poems about silence. And so um, right now I've been really trying to cultivate it by um, going back through some old photography, thinking through new photography, kind of storyboarding this idea out. And um, yeah, that's how I'm cultivating it in my life right now.
2: I love that. I forgot to tell you, I usually answer this question as well. <laughs> so oh, awesome. Yeah, the way that I have currently been cultivating loveliness, I it totally resonated with what you said of like just trying to get the words out every day.
0: And mm-hmm.
2: I have one of my New Year's goals was to start making a habit of writing again. Like I used to blog, yeah. I got out of that. I want to potentially, you know, write a book at some point. And so I knew I needed to start kind of exercising that again. And I think wasn't sure what that was going to look like. I thought for sure it would not be journaling. And guess what? It's journaling.
1: <laughs> <And> <laughs>
2: not been doing that at all, but it had, has just like opened up and it has become this thing I've started to like really crave doing every day, which That's I awesome. love. It's cuz it's that habit that I was wanting to develop and this just happens to be for now what that looks like and it's it's starting to get those muscles working again. So
1: that's awesome. I'm,
2: yeah, I'm excited. Plus, plus, it's just like helping me process life, which so it's kind of yeah. like a, a, a dual benefit of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I think that everyone who wants to be a writer should do exactly just every day. I don't care yeah. if it's on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. Um, and, and not just like words, 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 but actually take the time to cultivate and, and to really hone the craft of what you're yeah. trying to say and of your argument and like bringing beauty into it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Okay. Are yeah. you ready for my stock questions?
1: Oh man, I don't know.
2: <laughs> they're not intimidating, I promise. Okay. All right. And some of them, I guess, well, maybe kind of girly, but <laughs> that's okay. Oh, that's
1: okay. I'll answer girly questions. Okay. I'm not
2: afraid. All right. So. Do you prefer candles or an essential oil diffuser?
1: Oh, candles.
2: All right. Cloth napkins or paper? Paper. Okay. City or country? Country. Okay. Paper Uh, Except sometimes city. Okay.
1: Mm, I don't know the answer to that one.
2: That's a hard one. Okay. Paper or digital?
1: Uh, Paper.
2: All right. Shopping. Would you rather do it online or in the store?
1: online.
2: Yes. Amen. We got yeah. four kids. I mean,
1: so yes. Yeah. Yes. And also nobody. Yeah. It's just so much easier. It's so much easier.
2: Yes. Except for you end up buying all those books you don't need.
1: That's kind of a problem, but <laughs> yeah. we won't talk about that. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're home and you're making dinner, but you kind of need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Music. And what would be some of the music you would turn to?
1: um it depends really I have seasons uh right now I'm I'm really back into classical music for whatever reason I've been listening to a lot of Mahler which is really weird and I think it's because of a book that Uh I read called The Art of Possibility that's the best I can can get is that I trace it back to that um but I also I love jazz music I love Coltrane Mm -hmm. I love indie music I love um there's a, a band that I reference throughout the book because I love them so much called typhoon and I'll listen to anything typhoon puts out so I, I don't know I just like it all
2: awesome okay chocolate milk or dark dark all right sports or no sports
1: uh, uh, maybe I'm at five on a scale of one to ten
2: okay I, don't,
1: I mean either or I don't I don't know I, I'm not a hu- I'm not a huge fan anymore but that's a whole nother story okay
2: Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch?
0: Ooh, that's a good question.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, watch? Are you saying watch the live broadcast? Yeah, or like watch, watch other happening? people,
2: watch other people's live broadcasts, or do your own?
1: Oh man, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I'll go with do my own.
2: Okay. What is your favorite movie?
1: Oh. It's uh, one of one of two. It's a tie for two. it's a tie okay. for first.
2: Okay. Um
1: The movie Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Okay. So good, but um, probably my emotional favorite is Almost Famous.
2: Oh uh, with, yeah, which is that old, that
1: old uh, movie about the rock the rock yes. band. Yes,
2: I remember so seeing that in the theater in high school. It's
1: so good. Yes. It's so good. It <laughs> never gets old. It does. And have- that. That scene when they're on the bus and they start all singing Tiny Dancer. Come on. Yeah. yeah. So good.
2: In. All right. Nope. That's a good one. Okay. And lastly, if you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum, where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with dreadlocks in your hair.
1: Yeah, is- I'm a solid five. All right. But I always dated eight. <laughs> Oh, which is really funny because on the Enneagram, I'm a five and my wife is an eight. And I didn't know oh, that. Oh, that's hilarious.
2: I've been wondering through this whole conversation what your number was. So that is so interesting. Okay. Yeah.
1: There you five. go. That's I your bonus. That.
2: Yes. Bonus question five and eight. Oh, yep. It was such a pleasure to have you on today, Seth. It has just been such a great discussion. I hope it really blesses people. Thank, thank you for you coming. Thank you so on. much.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun.
2: Well, I'll have to have you on. If you have another book, put out that photography book, then you can come go Sounds back. good.
1: I'll yeah. let you know as soon as I do.
2: Awesome. Okay, bye.
1: All right, thanks. Bye-bye.
2: you, but I feel like Seth and I did a pretty good job of having a lighthearted conversation about a pretty tough topic. I hope that you guys were able to find a lot of hope and encouragement in this episode and just be able to walk away feeling built up for your life today and, and any other big issues in your life that you're dealing with. I hope that you have community around you to be rallying for you the way that Seth had for him and that I have had for me and that is just really my hope and my prayer for all of you listeners who i am so appreciative to have keep showing up to this show you guys the fact that you listen to it week after week after week means so much to me thank you to each and every one of you who just keep listening i hope i can continue to just keep bringing you content that is interesting and engaging for you and if you ever have suggestions or ideas or questions please feel free to get a hold of me. One of the best ways that you can get a hold of me is on Instagram, at Mackenzie Coppa. I am on there pretty much every day and I always answer my DMs. I read every single one of them. And so if you want to find a way to talk to me, get engaged with what is going on with the show, that is a great way to do it. And of course, always Patreon. If you want to like really sink your teeth in, then come join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely. And hey, if you just want to like give the show a show of support and you want to be like hey this is a great podcast but I don't feel like spending any money on it then you can head over to iTunes and do me a solid by leaving a rating and review it makes a really big difference Apple helps get the show out to other people when you say, hey, this is a five star podcast and this is why I think so. It'll only take you a couple of minutes, but it makes a big difference. And then if you do want to do something that is going to cost you money, but only money for yourself, if you ever have anything you need to buy on Amazon, if you head over to our show notes and you just click on any of those links, you don't have to buy what those links lead to. You can buy whatever you want on Amazon, but if you get to Amazon by clicking on one of those links, then it's sends a little like commission sort of back our way. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it helps support the show. And if you want to find today's show notes where you could find one of those Amazon links, plus links to everything that we talked about today, you can go to boldturquoise.com 152. All right, ladies, thank you so much for listening again. Next week, we are going to come on with a really fun episode. Shell is going to be back and we are going to be talking about the Enneagram. And I think we're going to do it in a really fun way that you guys are really going to enjoy. And if you've had questions about what is my Enneagram number? How do I figure that out? We are going to help you do it. All right, until next week, go be bold and gracious.